Kristen. Blow the dust off your old games. Ready your light gun and press start on your controller as your hosts Alan Price and Chris Vint load up and deploy Operation Retroshock. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome hey. to episode 36 of Operation Retroshock. As you can hear, I have a different companion this episode, not personally. Hey. Is Navi, but it's not the sort of Navi you're expecting. I am Alan Price, and unfortunately, I am landed with... What? What do you mean, unfortunately? That's not nice. Well, I was going to play a tune. Oh, bless. It's not working. I think I think the cat's been let out the bag quite a bit here in the like first thirty seconds, but um, this episode is going to be dedicated to what, Chris? Transformers. Oh no, we've already done that one, haven't we? You've done that one, yeah. Uh, oh, you've done that one. I've done that one too. Oh right, okay. I was here too. Yes. Okay. Um, it is the Legend of Zelda games, and Chris is going to play something again here. What is he doing? I don't know. He's broke his iPhone. Um, anywho. No. Um, it's going to be about the Legend of Zelda games. Anything and everything that it can be can be said in terms of the Legend of Zelda shall be covered in this episode. Apart from Majora's Mask. Exactly. But we are trying our best in what we are going to cover because you could really spend just 20 days on one game specifically. But what, you mean completing the rock and white? A bit of both? A bit of both, yes. Um, sorry. Um, we are also going to be joined by a certain individual from the Pop Culture Network. He is, what you could say, the guiding light in all of this world. Well, no, that's making him sound a wee bit like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to be joined after this introduction by the one and only Pixel Dan. And Pixel Dan also, um, uh, if you listen to listen to uh, where we talk about Ocarina of Time, there is... A little competition courtesy of our good friends at Nintendo. Are we giving away a copy of Ocarina of Time for the 3DS, people? And that's courtesy of Nintendo. So all you have to do is listen to his question. And then, obviously, you can email us to uh, vinto316 at gmail.com or alanprice at popculturenetwork.com. That's A-L-L-A-N. Perfecto. So we'll just do a quick rundown of what is going to be covered. Yes. We are our first segment is going to cover the early Legend of Zelda games, so that's ranging from uh, the original on the NES through to the SNES. Um, then we're going to have Ocarina of Time. It's going to have its own full section, which is kind of understandable. Then after that, we're going to have Zelda, Wind Waker, and others. Smiley face. And <laughs> yep. um, that takes you from Wind Waker up to spirit tracks and then after that we have Twilight Princess and the upcoming Skyward Sword 
So, lots of things to talk about. So I think we should go to the break, come back, and get to it. You know, apparently people don't like the voices. <gasps> oh, somebody said, sorry mate, busy this weekend. Didn't get finished. Retro list. Is it too late to submit? Can get it done for 9pm. Oh, you're lucky that it's not actually happening in this episode anymore. So. Yes, but we're recording after this, so no. Oh dear. Oh dear. Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ghana are pretty bad. Octoroks, Tech Tikes, Levers, too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link. Yeah, get some. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold separately. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retroshock with crazy cool Chris Vent and awfully awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans new and old won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. The Legend of Zelda continues. Defeat your enemies. Save the kingdom. Use your sword. I cannot help you. Find the crystals. Rescue the princess. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. And now, get into the latest Nintendo games, Ghostbusters 2 and Iron Sword. Only from Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Hey guys, you're listening to Operation Retroshock with Alan Price and Chris Vint. And this is your one-stop spot for everything retro, baby. You name it, they cover it. I'm Rob Bates from Not Mitten Box and Comic Nation TV. And we're a part of a little family called the Pop Culture Network. Hello everybody and welcome back from the break. It is now time for that wonderful gentleman from PopCultureNetwork.com to join us. Hello! No, not you, Chris. I'm talking about Pixel Dan, of course. Hello, Dan. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) We've had that since he's come out. Oh, I expected to go, Freshen your drinks, governor! But he (laughs) hasn't. What? (laughs) Do you not remember that from The Simpsons? (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Awesome. so What's Dan, up, Chris? What's up, Alan? We're here to talk about Zelda. It's all fun stuff. Zelda? Yeah. I thought Apparent- this was another He-Man Oh, show. no. <laughs> no, that's Master Universe Chronicles. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, we could do Zelda. That's a nice okay. uh, change of pace. Yeah, because from what I remember seeing on, I think it was like maybe somebody's video whenever they first started off and you're showing the collection and stuff and uh-huh. somebody seems to be a big Zelda fan, so uh-huh. two words, Dan. Why Zelda? Why Zelda? Because yeah. it's awesome. I came to play. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, dude, Zelda, I don't know. I've always been a big fan of the Zelda franchise. It's just, those games have captured my attention since I was, you know, since the original NES days when the first game came out. It's just, 
I don't know if it's because the original cartridges were shiny gold and I'm attracted to shiny things, so by default I automatically like the Zelda series. Or, uh, <laughs> if, um, no, it's, it's everything. The music in those games is wonderful. The, I love the adventure setting with the swords and the magic and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just everything about those games is just so exciting to me. I, I love that franchise. Okay. Well, we'll kick things off. So, obviously, some 25 years ago, we were introduced to the Legend of Zelda series. Dan, I'll throw it over to you first of all. Um, how did you first come into association with Link? How did I first come into? Well, I um I did not have the original game at first. I actually discovered it over at a friend of mine's house. Um, you know, back in the NES days, it was we, oftentimes you know we were going back and forth between myself, and my friends' houses, and everything. We were constantly playing video games with each other. It was it was a very very awesome time. It wasn't with um, Alan, was it? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan, you're like what? You're like really way younger than me, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, tw- I'm 22. <laughs> 22? God, it makes me feel old because I'm 29. Oh, I'm not saying what I am. How old man. are you, Chris? Like 45? <laughs> Carry on down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I was over at a friend of mine's house and I just remember the thing immediately that caught my attention about that video game when I, he put it in and he started playing it was the Overworld theme song. And that just like, you know, you hear that, and it's just like, that is such an incredibly catchy tune. And I just remember, like, immediately I heard that song, and I'm like, that is so cool, that is awesome. And then watching, like, the sword, you know, you get the full hearts, and it's blasting, making the crazy noises, and it's just blasting, and... I left that the ho- his house that day, and like I couldn't stop humming that song. I couldn't stop thinking about that cool game, and it was just from there. It was like, oh, I got to play this game. So, I eventually, you know, I started playing the game over at his house a lot. It was a while before I I was able to get a copy for myself, but um, you know, because back then you actually had to bug your parents to buy you video games. <laughs> you know, you couldn't you couldn't always get everything that you wanted. Um, so I played it over at his house a lot, and that was really my first introduction to the series. Um, you know, eventually we got like that cartoon and everything too, and that just kind of made it all worse. But you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's where it all started for me. Alan, um, if memory serves me correctly, my first experience with Zelda was a link to the past. Um, I do think it was something similar to Dan and Chris is going to laugh his head off about being over at a friend's house. Um, but <laughs> it is just a case of it. it it was so creative in what it did at the time. It was kind of like it was like you're running around with your wee sword, and you're just like you'd think I'm on an adventure going around this place, and it's just so much fun. You look back now, and it does look such a simple thing, but it's just so memorable for that fact. Yeah, I I was around whenever the game came out, so I. My dad was um, a member of a rental shop, so I remember the first game, Daniel, like this, I rented out was Mega Man, and then I rented out a game called Ten Yard Fight, which was just awful, and then Zelda was the next one that I rented out, and I just remember just thinking, you know, having it on the gold cartridge, and then just going, oh, this is pretty sweet, so putting it in and playing it for ages obviously I've put it on the other day because it's one of the packs that you get with like the Mario Kart game and it's 
it's incredibly weird the fact that it seemed to be harder to get past certain things in that than it is in like Ocarina of Time or any oh, of yeah. the later ones. It was just like whether we were just because Alan just ran from screen to screen and went, "Oh, buddy, ran, 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 just running around <laughs> like a headless chicken." But, oh, that's uh, that's that's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. Well, like that game did, you know, it it was very innovative for the time, you know, because it was totally open world. You can go to things out of order if you want to. You don't have to follow a certain plan or anything. But it was also, I mean, being the first game in the series, it didn't really have a lot of explanation or direction, you know? Like, it was hard to figure out exactly what you had to do without having... Well, first of all, without having that map. Like, there there was like a... Uh, I remember... Uh, later on in life, when the internet was actually around, I got online to print off a map <laughs> of the overworld that labeled the order of the dungeons so I could go back on the NES game and, and, and play through it all the way. Because I never did beat that one as a kid. That's one I beat later on. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a challenge. I mean, it took a lot of work and a lot of patience to get through that one. Okay. Um, Dan, what made this game different from the rest? What made Zelda stand out head and shoulders from every other game is it a game like the earlier mario series that we'll still visit today i'm sure you probably play the likes of mario 3 or mario world so oh, would you go back and play like the very first zelda or a link to the past uh, i would definitely play a link to the past but i'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit um the original zelda yeah dude i play that one quite a bit um still like i'll turn on my original nintendo and I'll put in Zelda every now and then, and I'll just start playing through it again. Um, I don't always play through and see it all the way to the end, but, you know, it's it's one of those games that, like, it's totally become a nostalgia thing now, too. I mean, it's obviously, it's obviously not as great as some of the later Zelda releases, you know. I mean, they obviously took that formula and they improved upon it as time went on. But it's still, like, one of the... It's got that charm of being the original, you know, the classic that started it all. And it's still a good game on its own. I mean, you can sit down and you can play that game and it's still... It functions correctly. It's got great controls. The soundtrack, I mean, is still incredibly awesome, even on an 8-bit machine. So, absolutely, that's got tons of replay value, I'd say. Um, but yeah, back to A Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. I mean, that's like, to this day, that's still my favorite video game of all time. I love A Link to the Past. I love it, love it, love it. I absolutely adore that game. Oh. Um, it's, I think the thing that put Zelda on you know out there was a case of, obviously, last year we had the anniversary of Mario, this year we'll have the anniversary of Zelda. came out very similar time, but there were such two completely different things that it was something Nintendo I think needed. But you both need to rescue the princess and both of them. Well yes, you have that fact but you don't see Mario running around with a sword and all that sort of a thing. You know, Yes, he has his power-ups and that. But I think that was the sort of thing that just at this point in gaming it was needed and was different. Mm. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's a case of it's as we've said, it's something so simple, you know, go into the dungeon and find things, you know, whether it's to find your sword, find a shield, you know, like as we've seen in later ones, whether it's to get the bombs to blow up the wall, whether it's to get this. It's something that a lot of games have then spawned on from, you know, with the likes of, mm -hmm. say, if we had the likes of Zelda, um, would we have had the likes of, say, Dragon Age or Oblivion or even the likes of World of Warcraft, that kind of thing, you know, because they all 
use that same thing of going for quests, going to try and find this and find that. So um, I think Zelda is an important game in video game history due to the fact that it spawned so many things that have um, kind of not copied it, but um, just basically borrowed certain aspects from it. It kind of it kind of started the whole adventure RPG type thing because it's not yeah. like full on it's not full on like you know turn based role playing game it's like they took that idea of a role playing game and they added like real time you know uh, fighting and all that kind of stuff to it which is which is what I prefer anyway I know there's a lot of a lot of hardcore RPG fans out there and a lot of people who claim that Zelda's not an RPG um, but I will always say that it, it's definitely an adventure RPG because it's got those RPG elements in it you know you're still you know you're, you're doing the dungeon you're collecting items you're, you're you know going on all these quests I mean it's got the RPG elements there but they added a whole new level to it by making it more of an action game at the same time and I think that's one of the things that makes Zelda you know so impressive and so much different than all the other games that were out there at the time Okay. Well, as we just said, you know, like it was the first for that kind of thing. Alan, the NES game was the first game with a battery-powered save feature. Um, <laughs> how annoying would it have been if it didn't have this, and every time you switched it off, you had to start from the start again? Oh my lord! I could not imagine oh. what it would have been like to have had to do something like Zelda from scratch every time you powered that thing up. It's it baffles me to think now that. If you were to set a kid down and tell them, by the way, this was kind of one of the first things that you actually, it saved itself when you turned off the machine, they would look at you and go, what? You know, what, what, what's, what's yeah. your point? And, but, Bad memory card. Exactly. But it's a case of, for this game, again, it's such a big deal. It's still, it's setting another trend here for basically everything that comes. Because like, it's the same now, DS cartridges, they're all saved on that as well. Obviously, a lot smaller, but that's exactly what it was like. Dan, yeah, um, it's it's kind of amazing. Kind of going on what Alan was just saying. It's amazing how, you know, it's it's common now with video games. I mean, systems have hard drives built into them, so you know, games auto save. You never have to worry about that kind of thing. Back in the early days of the NES, I mean, there were several games that did not have save features and did not have passwords. You had to play those games through. That was your only choice, you know? Super Mario Brothers, several games like that. And I remember as a kid, there were a lot of games I'd be playing where, like, if I'd get far and I had to stop, I would leave that game paused, <laughs> and I would do whatever, and I would come back to it and pick it up later, because you did not want to lose <laughs> all the work you had just done. Um... So a game like Zelda having a save feature was incredibly crucial. And, you know, that, that battery pack. And <laughs> I do always remember how it gave you the warning at the end, too. You know, it's like, hold down reset before pushing power, because you might accidentally delete everything. And I was always so cautious. Like, okay, hold reset, press power. Okay, shoo, everything's okay now. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's awesome that Nintendo you know, went that extra mile to make sure that they had a save feature in the cart for this game, because it's it, it, definitely crucial for this type of a game. On that, though, I'm sure everyone listening, and probably us three, Dan, have you ever played Zelda and switched it off without saving it? Uh, yes, absolutely I have. One of those <laughs> accidental things, or you're not really yeah. thinking about it, and you like you push the power button, and then you immediately realize what you've just done. It's like, like no! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happened to 
me not too long ago because I was playing Ocarina of Time on the 3DS and I went to hit start and instead I hit power off. I was just like, how do I get back to the screen? Oh, I can't. Uh-oh. I like, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, Dan, um, obviously we've said that we've visited on the NES, um, the the links, uh, the Legend of Zelda. Um, do you think that um, a lot of people may have visited it first with the pack-in that you got with the Mario Kart Double Dash GameCube game? And for you, if you got that, was it a great freebie, judging by how many um, games were actually on the disc? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest. I was not aware of this. Um, is that something that was released in the U.S.? Because I never saw a pack. My Mario Kart Double Dash didn't have a pack in. Because mine includes Zelda, not to be sold separately. And on it, you have the very f- original Zelda, Zelda 2, Ocarina of Time, and Majora's Mask. All oh, into it. that is cool. No, it's I never like... got that, and that's awesome. Uh, the only time I got a bonus disc like that was when I got... Um, Wind Waker came with a bonus disc that had all yeah. the games on it. Or no, it had Ocarina and it had No, wait. I don't know. Yeah, it had it had o- it had Ocarina of Time and it had the uh, Master Quest. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yes, that's the one. Well what we'll have to do then is we'll have to try and locate one of these for Dan and send it to him. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that existed, so that's awesome. And and for anybody that bought Double Dash, maybe they did get introduced Zelda because of that disc. So that's that's awesome. Hopefully they did. Oh, I think it is such a cool wee feature. It's it's not something you would have really imagined them to have packed with like a Mario Kart game, but I think it's the sort of thing is the audience you would have got for like Mario Kart would maybe never have really thought about Zelda. So mm-hmm. it could have opened the door for people who have never ever experienced it. You know, they've maybe thrown the disc in, thinking, oh, "I'll play this for five minutes, see what you know, see what's up with it," yeah. and then potentially and hopefully fallen in love with the game. It's it's scary just looking at the you know, um, Ocarina of Time was released December nineteen ninety eight, Zelda two July nineteen eighty eight, the very first Zelda in November nineteen eighty seven. I feel old. Um, so, speaking of Zelda 2, Dan, it was released on a gold cartridge. Um, mm-hmm. Did this, obviously, you love things, must be like gold. And like tran- <laughs> I know you're a fan of translucent stuff yeah, as well. Shiny things and translucent things always catch my attention. Are you a magpie or anything? You know, <laughs> um, Did that add to the hype for the second game for you? And was it easier to release a sequel a year later in that time than it would be now? You know, with the likes of all the Fifas, all the Maddens, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think it. Well, back then it seemed like that stuff did come out a lot faster, didn't it? Like, uh, I, I don't know if it's just like they, they probably worked on it, you know, right away and kind of close to the same time as the other one. But um, it, 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 I maybe it was just because I was a kid too. But it never seemed like things took so much, so long to come out back then. I mean, it was like. I remember Super Mario Bros. 2 coming out and Super Mario Bros. 3 coming out. And it was just like, boom, boom, awesome, new games, you know. But <laughs> um, the, the uh, yeah, I was very excited for Zelda 2. And, you know, getting the shiny gold cartridge is always a, a big plus, And that is absolutely the one that I made sure to add to my collection. <laughs> um, so, so, yes, I would say that that definitely built for the hype for the game. Alan? Oh, you weren't probably around then, so... (laughs) (laughs) You're so hilarious. Um, I'll hit on the point then of the sequel and how quickly it came out. Um, I would think 
when you look back, it would be easier to release a game in such a short period of time. Obviously, graphics weren't as advanced, and they could probably have reused stuff from the original Zelda, so that wouldn't have made it too bad uh, in comparison to nowadays, where they basically have to go and redo everything from scratch, unless it is the likes of a FIFA or a Madden game. Um, but the thing is, back then, whether you reused stuff or not, you didn't really care, but the gameplay was just as good. I bought this whenever my second job I worked with computer games and we used to get NES games traded in and Zelda 2 was one of them so as soon as they came in you know like it was a case of if I would buy them um, it was like five dollars say ten dollars and um, some kid had put something in the instruction manual and said obviously because he was trading in maybe he was being nice I don't know and said that he would recommend this game to over sevens but not under sevens because there's lots of scary monsters and there is something else but and then lots of dots and I never found out what he meant <laughs> so it's just like it why got did him. you write yeah, like, yeah why did you write this so uh, Dan we'll, we'll direct this one um, to yourself uh, we moved from the NES to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System uh, what is your fondest memory of a game called A Link to the Past oh there's so many um, this is another game that I discovered at a friend's house because I uh, that's the first time I had ever played it and we'll call that Alan Syndrome then okay I guess so <laughs> Alan Syndrome <laughs> so um, as soon as I played that game though I was like I was I was hooked instantly. Oh my gosh, is this a great game? It, they took everything about the original Zelda game and they just like they cranked it. They you know they cranked it up to eleven. Um, it, it's like that you know they improved the graphics. They kept you know they went back to the the top down style. Um, you know something that you know Zelda two got away from. You know, a lot of people. That's something I, we didn't. I was kind of thinking we would bring up is how Zelda Two is kind of often referred to as like the black sheep of the series because it was so such a drastic change from the original Zelda game that everybody loved so much. They went to that side side scrolling, you know, kind of format combined with that overworld thing. So, and, and Zelda Two just wasn't. It did not get the the rave reviews that the first game did. So when a Link to the Past came out, and they went back to that, you know, top-down style, um, same gameplay as the original, but with all these new um, mechanics in it, like you know, the the Pegasus boots, and you get the uh, the the spinning sword feature, and all that kind of stuff. It's just like it was a dream come true for Zelda fans to finally get like this. This is like the sequel that people were dreaming of from the original game, you know. And God, that game. I don't know, man. I, I've spent so many hours, both as a kid and as an adult, playing A Link to the Past, that there's just... Oh, there, there, I have nothing but good things to say about that game. I could probably just sit here and talk about it all day. So I'll, I'll stop now and let somebody else talk. Alan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I have to repeat what Dan basically said. It's, all, it's just all the Wii editions, all the graphics, and kind of it, it kind of brings me to the whole point we'll have coming up next is... It was such a good thing to go back to the sort of the top-down style, but it was the only one we got on the SNES, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a big shame in my opinion, because obviously we've kind of tended to get two Zeldas on each kind of format from you know when you look back at the history of uh, Zelda. So I, that's the thing that that's the only gripe I have is that it didn't get its sequel. Um, I love the fact that the dungeons were just so more um, 
there was some more much more detail whenever you went into like a whenever you went into a dungeon you know like there's walls here or maybe you had to pick up a little lantern and run around with that and that kind of thing and mm -hmm. just i just i just thought it was brilliant i downloaded it on my virtual console since i bought a wii recently so i thought i need to revisit all the the, the games and stuff so um it's just it's one it's one that's nice to go back to but just if people are just like ah, look at the graphics in the NES one you know like the SNES one um, obviously is a lot better graphically but it still has that same character and that same great gameplay feature um, but obviously you know with the link to the past with superior graphics new format to play it on Dan if you were to if you were back in your childhood, you know, like, were you kind of pining for another Zelda game on the Super Nintendo, or was the length of the past kind of enough for you? Oh well, at the time, it was it was perfect. You know, I, I thought it was the greatest thing on the system. I I wouldn't have minded seeing another one. That's for sure. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things where I think about it now. Um, I think. With that being my favorite style of Zelda game, and, and as successful as that is, and how everybody, you know, people still generally kind of consider that one of the best. Not necessarily the best, but one of the best. It's one of those things where more now than when I was a kid, I would like to see them do an, a sequel to this, an SNES-style sequel. And, you know, with things like the Virtual Console and all that, making things like that possible now. I mean, we've seen, like, what, Mega Man 9 and 10 done in the original NES-style graphics. We've seen Sonic 4 with the, you know, Genesis-style gameplay. Um, I really want Nintendo to go back and make us a brand-new Zelda game in a Super Nintendo style like this. I mean, how awesome would that be? That would be absolutely incredible. And they could, it could be something small that they make just for the Virtual Console, or maybe they make it just for the 3DS or, or anything. I don't, I don't care. I just, I would love to see a 16-bit Zelda game, a brand new 16-bit Zelda game. I think that would be fantastic. Huh? I think it would be pretty sweet to see. Obviously, we've had with 3DS, they recently gave you the free uh, Excite Bike. Yeah. If they were to yeah. do what Dan says and just create a classic style Zelda game and just give it that sort of slight depth with the 3D, I think it would be fantastic. And they would make so much money out of it. It would be unbelievable. Because <laughs> no everybody would just flock to that. They could put that on there for whatever they really wanted and they would make a fortune out of it. Okay. Um, Link to the Past, as we've just said, was available on the Virtual Console. Um, Dan... Obviously, I would imagine you purchased this, um, but was there any of the other Zelda games on the uh, Wii Virtual Console that you actually purchased as well? Um, to be honest, I, I haven't actually purchased any of the Zelda games on my Virtual Console. Um, the reason for that is because I have them all for their respective systems already. Um, plus, I always tend to buy... Like, I bought the, uh, the Game Boy Advance version of A Link to the Past, and so I've got a couple versions of it already. And I kind of have a rule of thumb with the virtual console where I don't necessarily download a game that I've already got on one of its original platforms because I would prefer to play it that way. Right, um, okay. So, I mean, that's just, that's just me. Um, <laughs> I would recommend anybody downloading those games on the virtual console, especially if that's really your only option to get to play those games. If you don't have the original Super Nintendo or Nintendo, uh, you know, you wanted to get those games and haven't been able to, then 
use the virtual console. I think that is one of the greatest inventions that has come out, you know, with these with the more modern systems. The fact that you can just download games, especially old games like that, that is genius in my opinion. So I would definitely recommend anybody do that that wants to play those games. Alan, do you did you download it or are you like Dan and just if you have it for the Super Nintendo play it that way? Yeah, I am actually I'm the same as Dan in this one. I still have my SNES and it is one of the <coughs> main games that has not gathered dust in the attic, so to speak. Obviously I don't have as much room to display my uh, SNES and all that sort of stuff as Dan does. Um but it is definitely one I'll have sitting not up in the attic or anything like that, it will be handy and I can pull it out and play it again. But it's definitely a case of with the virtual console, not only, you know, we're saying Zelda virtual console and that sort of thing. Any of the old games, there's so many on there now, it's unbelievable. But definitely if nobody has played it, you could even try. I know it's not hard too hard nowadays. Get it on the virtual console by all means, but you can track down old SNESs and all that sort of stuff nowadays. It'd be quite easy to get that. Um, last question to do with the early series, Dan. Um, was A Link to the Past your favourite portable Link adventure to take away with us? Or did you like the likes of, say, the Four Swords adventure kind of thing? Or the, um, Phantom Hourglass, Minish Cap? You know, like, was there any ones mm. that really uh, took your fancy? I guess if if we're talking, like, strictly my favourite of all the portables, then yeah, Link to the Past probably, because... I, I was so happy when they re-released that, and I played through it instantly, you know. Um, but if we're talking, like, original, like, games that were released on the portables, I would give that nod to Minish Cap. I thought Minish Cap was great. Yeah. And Minish Cap is practically like a new A Link to the Past type game, you know. It's got kind of the same gameplay me- mechanics and everything to it, so... I would agree there um, with you. Um, so, right, uh, Alan, do you want to say what your favourite portable one is? Well, um, I've experienced the likes of Spirit Tracks and all that sort of stuff. I've enjoyed those. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's nice to have seen original ones on the Game Boy, um, but it's kind of like A Link to the Past was it was a good idea for them to put it on the Game Boy and... I like that as well. So, Well, Minish Cap would be my one. So with that said, we're going to come back from the break and talk about a certain game that was on the Nintendo 64. Apparently it's called Ocarina of Time. You may have heard it. You may not have. So join us after the break and have your Ocarinas at the ready. My name is Chris Vint and I'm the host of a couple of podcasts on popculturenetwork.com such as Master Universe Chronicles and Operation Retroshock. But today I'm here to talk to you about Master Universe Chronicles. Are you a fan of all things He-Man, Master's Universe? Do you love the vintage toys but you're not thinking, I don't really know an awful lot about them? Well why don't you listen to Master Universe Chronicles? I've got interviews with Pop Culture Network's own Pixel Dan. I've got even interviews with the head of Mattel, brand manager Scott Toy Guru Nightlick, Larry Dottilio who worked in the Filmation 1, Dean Stefan who worked in the 2002 incarnation of Master Universe. So yeah, why not even head over to the Pop Culture Network forums, have your say on what episodes you would like to see featured on my episode commentaries with James Bustatoon's eTalk. There's a lot going on and I would love to have you involved, so why not listen to the show and contribute 
and head over to the forums. And until next time. story that became a legend now in 3d no glasses required the legend of zelda ocarina of time 3d rated everyone 10 and up you're listening to a podcast on popculturenetwork.com be sure to head on over to the site at www.popculturenetwork.com to check out more podcasts and videos featuring toys comic books video games and all the things you love And while you're there, be sure to check out the Pop Culture Network store, where everything you purchase helps to keep us producing. Just head over to PopCultureNetwork.com and click on Store. The first time I saw you, I knew we'd be linked forever. For you, I traveled to the four corners of the world. I faced adversity. I became a hero. Dad. I saved your kingdom. Dad. Yes, Zelda? Are you mixing me up with the princess again? Hard to say. You're both pretty magical. (laughs) And welcome back, everybody. It is time now for... to talk about a certain game that involves a fantastic musical instrument, and this is, of course, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So we shall dive straight in, and we shall put this one to Chris I think for the first time if he's not going to wander about the room Um, this was obviously Link's first adventure in a 3D world was this as big a success as Mario's first adventure in 3D okay Um, again when I I seem to work with computer games all my life so I remember whenever this game came out and the shop that I worked in said how many copies do you want I said, I don't know, about 150, 200. Um, And they said, right, you're getting 50. I don't think we made it to the afternoon with this game. I remember this and Goldeneye were just an absolute nightmare to um, get hold of. And actually reading the back of the N64 box, uh, the first line is, have ye got what it takes? Not you, but ye. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's it's just one that... um, Obviously, Mario came with the console, something we'll talk about later on. Um, but a lot of people, like Dan, which I'm sure he'll talk about in a second, um, was I was always a Mario kid, you know, like Mario was my bread and butter. And um, I did get the Zelda game to try it and enjoyed it, but um, this isn't my favourite Zelda game. <gasps> but what? <laughs> um, um, Dan? Not either, it's okay. over to you Dom over to me Um, I think like Mario's first adventure in 3D was awesome it was huge I mean it was you know the first game I really played on the Nintendo 64 it showed off how amazing the 64 actually was in comparison to what we had seen before it kind of you know brought the whole 3D element of gameplay into our living rooms and I love Mario 64 but I feel that Ocarina of Time is absolutely... I would i would call it a bigger success than Mario's adventure on the system because I just remember how um, 
how huge that whole thing was. I was in high school at the time, actually, when Ocarina of Time came out, and it seemed like everybody was talking about Ocarina of Time. And people were running around, you know, as they were playing through it, I kept hearing people talking about, oh, what about, you know, when, when you're in the, the Shadow Temple? Have you been to the Shadow Temple yet? You know, and just talking about all kinds of stuff like that. And it was, it was really cool seeing how excited everybody was about The Legend of Zelda. And it might have been my age group, too, you know, being in high school playing Ocarina of Time might have been a little bit more, you know, considered a little more grown up than playing Super Mario 64 or whatever, you know, but um, it was it was definitely a huge thing. I mean, from the way I saw it, it was a very, very successful uh, 3D launch for Zelda, for sure. Definitely. Um, for me, I was, I was very much the same. I got into the 64 simply by Mario. Mario was the launch title. Mario is their golden boy when it comes to selling everything. So when I got to experience this, it was a completely and utterly different style to what I had expected. Because mm-hmm. obviously with Mario 64, it was very much castle-based. It was in various pictures and realms like that. Again, something we'll get on to. But I was... every you know I'm obviously the young guy here. Not to, not to sound mean at all here. <laughs> um, but obviously I was a lot younger when this when this Zelda game came out so it wasn't maybe directed exactly at me but it was still a game I think that no matter what age you really were you could pick it up you know obviously not a three or a four year old sort of thing but you know if you were young enough it would be good for you Um, Edge Magazine had voted this as the best game ever with Link to the Past at number six Dan what do you think about that? Um a lot of people consider Ocarina of Time the best of the series, and I, I see a lot of people call this like the best game ever. You know, they vote this. This one always gets voted really high, and um, like Mario Three always gets voted really high, stuff like that. Um, I don't want to argue with anybody who says this is the best game ever or the best Zelda, the best Zelda game ever. Um, I obviously would still put a link to the past above this one. Because I don't know. I mean, I love Ocarina of Time. Don't get me wrong, but I still think the perfect Zelda game is a link to the past. So you know, that's my opinion on it. Cool. I just find that I can enter a registration card for Ocarina <laughs> of Time. Uh, your chance to win the latest piece of software and a free prize draw. Wow. <laughs> I think I think I may be out of date though. Just by no, send it in. <laughs> Uh, see what happens. I should. Yeah, I'll send Did it I win? <laughs> Sir, you're about 15 years too late. Thank you. Uh, there's, no, there's no actual closing date on it. Um, <laughs> see? But, yeah, I, would, I would agree with Dan that you know a lot of people would say that Ocarina of Time um, would be in their top 5, top um, 20 list. Yeah. Something that we'll discuss at a later date. Um but for me, with it's something again we'll touch on later on with the 3DS version. It's something that's reinvigorated my um, Zelda playing. I would play that more now than on the Zelda on the 3DS than I would on the N64 or my Virtua Console, perhaps. But um, you know, there's so many things to do with Zelda now that, like on my iPhone, I have an Ocarina of Time app that I can then. Dan, what's your favorite um, Ocarina of Time song that I can serenade you with? Oh, um, <laughs> well, you know, I was I was always fond of Zelda's Lullaby, just because okay. that's like a key song that you always see throughout all of the Zelda games. You know, you always hear that tone. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 
They're so good. Yeah, it, it gives me instructions how I'd actually do it, so... <laughs> um, what was the one... I can't remember the names of all of them. What was the one that was like, um... Dun, 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 dun. You know, like the one where you start... Because you start playing the ocarina with, um... Um, Sheik. With Sheik, yeah. Now. Yeah. Was that was it, it the was, was it the Prelude of Light or something? Do, 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 Which one was that? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, we'll go with Prelude of Light and see. No, not that one. No. No, that is. That's the Prelude. That's the one that makes it light out, isn't it? Yeah. Changes at the daytime, so you get rid of those. Okay, zombies. we'll move on because we'll be here forever. What I call? You could just debate the Ocarina songs all day. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love the Ocarina. How cool was that in that game? That was such a neat feature. Yeah, even neater day, that the Australians actually got an Ocarina and yeah. the sheet music um, for the um, for the 3DS version. That is so cool. Oh, it's just it, like it, if, all, if all regions to get it, like. Yeah, why couldn't I get that? I would love to get that. They, there's always been these ads in Nintendo Power Magazine, you know, where companies that sell an Ocarina that looks like the ocarina in that game with like music sheets and i've always debated on buying one of those i would love to have one of those it would be awesome even if even if you were to just have it on your shelf just in a yeah. stand it would just look fantastic um this game was it was obviously meant to be a release title for the n64 it was lined up to be a release title then got pushed back another couple of months then another couple of months um, to end up as a christmas release did we mind waiting for this and did it help Garner, did it help that it garnered such glowing reviews, Chris? Um, I think um, I th what was it? Uh, somebody said that a delayed uh, something like a rushed game will be horribly remembered, whereas the delayed game will be favorably remembered. So I think it was a case of they delayed it because it wasn't ready, and obviously it's had a great effect because, as we said, you know, like a lot of people said, that's one of the best games ever, if not their favorite Zelda game, their favorite game ever, and that goes a long way of saying that. It's not a case if they went here. We need in this day and age now, it would have been a case of you get it out. Yeah. You know, you know, you look at how long it took Duke Nukem Forever to come out, and then oh, you look geez, at the reviews yeah. that got, you know, threes out of tens, and The King is Dead, I read, uh, which was to do with Duke Nukem, not Elvis or anything. Um, but I think it was a wise move on their part to delay what they wanted to be their biggest Zelda game to date, and, you know, it's once that still stands the test of time. Um, sure. I think that it's a case of I, you'll never really see, and I could be completely wrong here. Um, you've never really seen a rushed game by Nintendo when it comes to their big properties. You know, if they need to delay it, it will get delayed. Mm -hmm. um, what about you, Dan? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I don't really mind a game getting delayed if I know it's because they're you know improving it and making sure it's the best it can be. So. You know, it, it does help sometimes. Delaying a game is, in a case like this, I would assume that it was delayed because they wanted to make sure it was perfect. So, while I, I always get bummed when a game that I'm waiting for gets pushed back, I, at least I know that it was pushed back for a good reason. And that when I get it, it's going to be, you know, the best that they can possibly give me. So, I think it was a good thing that it was delayed. And I, I do think it kind of helped, you know, kind of garner that uh, anticipation a little bit and make it a bigger release. Yeah. Um, 
obviously, and this is something that's came up in interviews with uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the original plan for Ocarina of Time was for it to be pretty much a carbon copy of Mario 64 in that you would have Ganon's castle and there would be various different rooms like in, again, Princess Peach's castle. Um, was this a good omission from the game, do you think, Dan? Um, I could just expect Ganondorf having like pink stuff in his bedroom, <laughs> <laughs> and just like random paintings all over the place that Link jumps into. That'd be weird. <laughs> um, I guess on on that front, um, it is probably good that they changed it because I, I wouldn't want a carbon copy of what we already saw with Mario sixty four. You know, we want Zelda to be its own thing. We want it to be different and. Mario 64 was a great, did a great job of showing us what the Nintendo 64 could do and could provide for us in video games. It would have been underwhelming if Zelda came out and they're like, yeah, now we're going to make this awesome Zelda game, and it does all the same things that Mario did, and you already played it. You know, I mean, it's like, you don't want it to be exactly the same thing that you already played. Um, Maybe adding a little more, you know, depth and everything to... Ganon's castle might have been neat, or adding all those extra rooms, but I think, I mean, I don't really think I can say that it's bad that they omitted it, because I think the game turned out great, so <laughs> I, I think it's fine that they made the decision that they did. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was originally down to the fact of going to be memory, because yes, obviously we're getting into 3D graphics, but the console still didn't have a huge amount of memory for them to go and do everything they wanted, because there was obviously the plan for the double D attachment to it so I would give them more memory I was wondering when you would do that yes it sounds like something else rather than a 64 uh, attachment it sounds like somebody's chest size let's just leave it at that well yes Chris what did you think anyway (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's wise for them to admit something rather than it's nice to have throwbacks to things like and whenever we were playing Wind Waker last night, then we saw you know the different characters, yeah. you know, and it's nice to see that. But you need to do them tongue in cheek. You can't do you know like your main villain's uh, castle as like a carbon copy of Princess Peach's yeah, <laughs> um, sure. castle. You know, fair enough. Touch it up. That's fine. But. It's a case of then, if people have played Mario 64, they're going to go, oh, they just ported that over, that's just laziness. Mm. You know, whereas to give the game its own feel and its own, you know, that kind of thing is great. Maybe if they were to do, like, a dungeon that kind of appeared in, you know, A Link to the Past or something like that, that's a nice nod to the original series for people who are diehards who would then go, oh, that's in that, or that's been in the first one or that kind of thing um obviously we kind of mentioned just there at the beginning about the i just i just heard a listen (laughs) oh Oh. shut up (laughs) sorry my fairy's just interrupting me right now she does that sometimes (laughs) shut up navi i'm recording here Speaking of Navi, um, we have a friend uh, who we mentioned on the show occasionally called Jamie. He is actually thinking of getting a tattoo of Navi on his shoulder with Hey Listen. <laughs> he actually has a tattoo across his chest, Dan, of the actual um, Triforce with the wings. Oh, sweet. He actually That's has awesome. that across his chest, so impressive wings, man. I had the uh, the hey listen as my um, text message noise on my phone for a long time. 
I have. Then I got a text message. It just my phone just screams at me. Hey, listen. A couple of people on my phone have um, Zelda music as their ringtone, so somebody will have a serious song or the main intro, intro that kind of thing. So right now, my text message noise is the do 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 do. So it's like I found something every time I get a message. <laughs> Did you like hold your phone up in your hand yeah. and go like Dan got a text? <laughs> Dan received yeah. a text message. <laughs> Speaking of the music, um, was there any songs, if we ever, you know, learned a musical instrument at school, that we attempted to play any of these songs, Chris? No chance in hell. The only music that I could play is Hawcross Bonds in the recorder. That's it. And the last time I checked, that wasn't on Zelda's hit list. No, it wasn't really, Dan. Uh, I I can't play music at all. I'm not musically inclined. (laughs) If I could play, like, the main theme song, I would probably figure that out because it's so awesome. But, uh, you know, I I have to kind of rely on, like, uh, my soundboard app on my cell phone. That's what I do now. (laughs) I'm the same. I don't think we're very musically gifted here. Uh, (laughs) Bolero of Fire. That's the name of that song, Bolero of Fire. Ah, very good. Yep. Um, Go ahead. Chris Vent now taking requests. That's right. <laughs> what one? Oh, Bolero Fire. Okay, so here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I always like that one a lot. That's cool. I'm available for booking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get you involved in the concerts. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. just me. Wait, wait. Yeah, iPhone. <laughs> just go with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, in Ocarina we have a horse. In Wind Waker we have a boat, and in Spirit Tracks we have a train. What method of travel did we enjoy the most, Dan? For sure, the horse. <laughs> not, not even a question. Epona is the best. It's, it's just something like I like the idea of running around that field, and you can just call your horse at any time and hop on it and get places faster and. That just also seems to fit a little bit better with the whole swords and sorcery type of thing that Zelda has always, you know, felt like to me. So, for sure, the horse. Chris? Um, I'm going to go with a boat. I thought you might. Um, although it does take a hell of a long time to travel from one side of the map to another, you kind of just leave the controller away you go. The train is a neat idea, but it comes to something that wildlife can actually hit your train and hurt your train. Yeah. And um, if you see a rock, you can't actually just ply on through it. You have to wait until you get something yeah. to move through the road. So, yeah, I'll go for a boat. I'm so cool. fond of that train, I must say. But, you know... <laughs> um, for me it had to be a pony I remember when playing this game back in 64 if I went and got stuck somewhere and I just was racking my brain to try and work something out I would probably just dander out of the dungeon go call a pony and just ride around the field for 10 yeah. minutes just to pass the time <laughs> you look at it now and it's like this would be probably a bit boring just riding around a field to a kid nowadays but I absolutely love it it's just like jump over a fence and all that sort of thing and jumping over the bridge you know, going places. I loved it. It was great. Um, obviously, the game is very vast in its depth. What is our favorite location and dungeon in the game, Dan? Oh, that's tough. Um, I always. Oh gosh, we'll see. The different the different temples here that were cool. Um, I remember 
Dodongo's Cavern, pretty good. I always liked Dodongo's Cavern with all the bombs and everything. I was kind of a big part of that level. That was one of the earlier ones, though. Yep. Um, the Water Temple was annoying. Um, <laughs> Chris, is oh, having, Chris is having particular trouble with that one at the minute. Oh, uh, man, I remember so that one. Annoying. Oh, well, water levels in most games, anyway, are always or like ice. my favorite. Oh, ice is bad, too. <laughs> um, you know, another one I... I uh, I kind of didn't like it was uh, Jabu Jabu's belly. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that was a pain too. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, gosh, all the temples are actually pretty uh, challenging in this game, if I remember correctly. I, I think that's that's a good thing though. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Dongo's Cavern. What's another one that was really cool? It's hard to remember back. I need to play this game again. Um, <laughs> I kind of remember the Shadow Temple being kind of cool. Was that the one? Which one was the one? Okay, you have um, Dodongo's Cavern, Jabby Jabby's Belly, Forest Temple, Fire Temple, Ice Cavern, Water Temple, Bottom of the Well, the Shadow Temple, Spirit Temple, Ganon's Castle. Spirit Temple was the one, like the Gerudo... What was the one where you used the mirror shield a lot to reflect all the light? That was That was after Gerudo, yeah. That was, I really like, I always thought that was such a cool concept, the whole mirror shield and reflecting the light to, to do all this stuff. I, I actually had a lot of fun with that, so that, that's definitely one of my, one of the coolest parts of the game, I think. I, know, I, I do think the mirror uh, shield is, is pretty sweet, and I like the way it has all its different strengths and sort of thing. You had the Hylian shield, obviously it was pretty much the best you know, all-round yeah. shield. It was kind of your halfway house, reflected the physical attacks and gave you good basically defense whereas the mirror shield it had it's it had a different use to it but yeah. if you were getting like the deku nut shot at you by like the wee shrubs it, it didn't deflect back or anything like that um when it comes to location wise for me it probably just has to be high roof high roof field simply again because that the horse thing just riding around right <laughs> the field yeah for sure. um but when it comes to dungeon wise <laughs> I did, I did like the shadow dungeon for some odd reason because it was obviously it was just up behind the graveyard uh-huh, so, it was, yes. so you obviously you had to learn the tune on your ocarina before you could get anywhere near there so I thought that was pretty neat what about you Chris? I particularly enjoyed the Great Deku Tree um, oh the very first level huh? yeah um, just the fact that once you went in there, you know, like after being at your home and talking and getting your shield and getting your sword and then venturing off and then going to the Deku Tree, just, you know, going in there first time and going, okay, I need to climb up here, I need to go get the stick, I need to, st-, you know, like then I need to jump off the middle and then go on down. It's just the fact that it's one of those dungeons, like, you know, finding maybe warp whistles in Mario, it just gets embedded in your head, and you could probably, near enough, everyone who's a Zelda fan could probably do that blindfolded because mm. they've done it so many times. Um, but that for me was just a great, um, great um, introduction into how vast and how beautiful the Ocarina of Time game was going to be. Nice. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we can experience this game on the N64 as a free disc with Wind Waker on the Virtual Console and now the 3DS version. What is the best way to play this game and how many hours have we spent playing this or have we lost count, Chris? <laughs> um, 
Well, I have it for everything. I have it for the N64. I have it with, you know, the Mario Kart. I have it with the Wind Waker. I, ha I don't have it in the Virtual Console because uh, I don't need it. Um, but for me, the 3DS at the minute is the best way because it's a case of if I'm go going to work or, you know, like if I'm going away somewhere, just pop it in, away I go, and, you know, play that. Fair enough. It gets annoying after a while once you, um, you save it and then you're like, I'll go back to it. And then you start off at the start of the dungeon, like, oh, I have to do all that. I have to go to that part again and do what I've done. And, um, but that for me would be the main one uh, if not it was definitely the free disc that came with Wind Waker was the main way that I experienced hmm. oops sorry the microphone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you should learn how to talk <laughs> you went and got the spell from one of the great fairies that you can do and it's, it memorises what room you were in See, huh? what about you Dan my, my most the most time I spent playing it was definitely the Nintendo 64 um, when I first got it. I played through it a ton on there, and I, after I finished it, I played it again a couple more times after that. So that's, that's definitely the most time I've spent playing that game, and probably is my preferred way of playing it, just because the Nintendo 64 controller is laid out properly for that game, so you have the yellow C buttons for the ocarina and, and all that such. Um, I don't have the 3DS version yet, but when I get, I, I will be getting that soon. I might even grab it before I leave for San Diego, so I have something to play on the plane. Um, but I, I will probably be playing that a ton, at least until I get all the way through it. Um, I do have the bonus disc that came with the Wind Waker, and I played through it once when I got that. And uh, I just remembered I do also have... Um, I think it was called the like Anniversary Collection or something, which I think is the same... Or at least kind of the same as the one you guys were talking about that came with Double Dash. Yes, it but the is, one yeah. the one that I got, I had to like do a mail away thing for it because I think what it was doing is like the GameCube was coming with it for free, yeah. and if you already had a GameCube, you could send away a Nintendo. You could like get it from Nintendo for like ten bucks or something like that. So that's what I did, and that's how I got it. And that's the one that's got the original Zelda, Zelda Two. Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on it. And so the I, playable I, demo of the Wind Waker. Yeah, and the playable, yes, and yeah, the playable yeah, demo of the Wind Waker. Yeah, so I do have that one. So I do have that. Um, um, and I, I don't remember playing Ocarina on that disc as much, because I, I played the that bonus disc one that had um, the Master Quest and everything on it. I remember trying to do that, like the second quest that they created and where they made it harder. <laughs> I never got through that one, but... Um, yeah, the 64, at, at this time, the 64 is definitely where I spent most time playing Ocarina. Cool. Um, obviously, how important is this game that it was released on the N64 several years ago? Felt They felt the need to revamp it completely from the ground up and put it on the 3DS to help sell consoles. Is there any other games we could have envisaged them doing this with, Dan? Oh, gosh. Well, they they tend to do this a lot where they, like, you know... Nintendo likes to revisit some of their old popular games and, and make them a little bit better and re release them on their handhelds. Um, specifically, they did that with a ton of the Mario games on the Game Boy Advance, if you remember, where they um, they basically you know they re-released uh, Mario Two and Mario Three with better graphics and some new little features added in and and all that kind of thing. And they've always that's always been pretty successful for Nintendo to do that. And so uh, it wasn't too surprising that they chose to 
to release Ocarina again because it's such a big game. It's such an important game for the Zelda franchise and for Nintendo. And I, it is probably the perfect type of a game to really kind of show off what the 3DS can do and what it can look like. Um, so I think that was a good choice. As far as what other games I'd like to see them do that with, um, that is a tough call because I can't really... Gosh, I can't even really name anything specifically I'd like to see them do that. Because the, the thing is, you can't turn around and go, oh, well, they could redo it with Super Mario 64, because they, they just went and released that on the DS. They did that on the really DS, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, was um, the, uh, that was like a launch title for the DS. Yeah. And you can't say Star Fox, because they're doing that on the 3DS. Mm -hmm. The only one I can think of that they could maybe do, given the fact that, you know, like in Zelda, whenever you need to use your crossbow and stuff, you need to move it, would be Metroid. Metroid, yeah, that'd be kind of neat. Mm. Like, but. um, like a Super Metroid or something would get it. I'd like Super Metroid, such a good game. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a cool one to bring back or like redo somehow or I don't know. That'd be kind of neat. Cool. Well, that's Ocarina of Time. Yeah, it's kind of not. Well, yes, I know because Dan has a little question for everybody. Oh, yes, question. but why? Why does why does why does he have a question? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan has a question because, ladies and gents, we actually have a copy of the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time on 3DS that you could potentially win. So over to you, Dan, with the question. All right, here's your question. So, Legend of Zelda games have oftentimes included small references to other Nintendo properties hidden within the game. So where in Ocarina of Time can you see images of characters from the Super Mario Brothers franchise? Mm. And uh, all the details will be available at the start and at the end and on the website and then on the iTunes feed as well where you can enter this competition. <laughs> so join us after the break because we're going to be talking about Zelda Wind Waker and others. Smiley yeah. face. It says here, smiley face. Hi, this is Larry Kenny. You may remember me as the voice of Lionel in Thundercats. And you're listening, as I am, to Chris Vince and Alan Price on Operation Retroshock. Woe be me. For with this sword, I have unleashed an evil wind that has taken our beloved princess. Our journey is fraught with danger, but together we four might overcome the mage's dark magic. Only then will all the maidens be released and our princess once again be rescued. Who are you? The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures, only for Nintendo GameCube. Hi guys, I'm Brock from Pokemon. Remember, I went traveling with Ash and Misty? I'd rather travel back in time with Alan and Chris on Operation Retroshock. <laughs> Maybe they'll be girls. Every game has a story. Only one is a legend. Legend is back. Join Link on a quest over land and sea through a vivid world of adventure unlike anything you've ever seen before. This year, the legend is reborn. 
Hello and welcome uh, back from the break. Um, yes, so now we're going to talk about Zelda Wind Waker, Zelda Wind Waker even, and others. So I'm looking forward to doing this. Here. What? What's going on? Uh, hold on, hold on. What do you want, fairy? <laughs> uh, I got bad news, guys. Zelda's been kidnapped, and uh, this fairy says I'm the only person that can save her. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and answer these questions. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, these these next games, but unfortunately, guys, this will be my last segment before oh, I go yeah. save the day. Well, you know, fine, right, late that half an hour, you know, it doesn't... Shut up, fairy. Okay. <laughs> it'll, not, it'll not give you that much of a head start, so just make sure at the end you play a the song, so then you can just, you know, on your trusty state, away you go. So, okay. <laughs> obviously, Dan, uh, Wind Waker took a drastic change from the N64 games with it being cel-shaded, and mm. a lot of people were seemingly outraged about this. Were you, or what were your th initial thoughts on it? Um, initial thoughts were not good, honestly. And I, I, a lot of people felt that way, I know. And I think the biggest problem is, if you remember... They, uh, when they were first kind of showing off at E3 one year the capabilities of the GameCube, they had this mock video that they made of Link and Ganon fighting each other. Yeah, very much like the house. It was the very Wii. realistic looking, and it, you know, it was like they took the Ocarina of Time look of the characters, but they improved upon them. They showed how awesome the GameCube was, and people got so excited. So everybody was anticipating the new Zelda game on the GameCube, and then when the first shots came out of this cel-shaded, very cartoony, very childlike Link, a lot of people got really upset. And you almost can't blame them, because it's like, first of all, this was you know initial impressions. We didn't know how the game was going to turn out. All we knew is we had expectations built up from that preview that they showed us, and then it was like they were just slapping us in the face with this little cartoon character. So I will admit that I was one of those people that was like, oh my god, no, this has got to be some kind of a joke. This is an April Fool's prank or something. This is not the way I want my Zelda to look. So I was right there with that camp when, it, when all that stuff first came out. What about you, Alan? Looking back now, I don't mind it too much, but it is a case of... What do, what do you expect people to react to when you're showing them off, look, this is the new console, this is what it can do, and you go and show them an amazing-looking Legend of Zelda you know, mm -hmm. preview, so to speak, of, in fantastic graphics and in the style of Ocarina, you're, you are just going to get people completely annoyed, and I'm trying to keep the language normal here. Uh. Uh, <laughs> but um, I can understand also, in a way, them wanting to change things up a bit, but it's you're still getting just as good gameplay, but whether they could have went about it slightly better is, you know, my opinion, could have been handled just a wee bit more delicately. I think it's yeah. something that if they show off, because you've showed off like a demo thing for, mm -hmm. the, Wii, for the Wii U and what, it, you know, like the capabilities are that. So if they do that again... And turn around, yeah. Yeah, they'll lose a lot of fun. I particularly mm -hmm. thought whenever I saw it I thought oh that looks kind of cool you know like a, and Wind Waker is one of, is my favourite Zelda game so it may have been one that back in the day I looked at and went I really you know like that's really brought me on board the fact that it's really cartoony and you know like it just looks different from Ocarina of Time it's something that's going to stand out a lot different but um 
Dan, do you like the fact that it's the same character but in a different timeline, being the hero of Thai, wind, etc.? You know, like, so do you like the fact that it is a different link from a different kind of time era? Yeah, like they did, like, the hero of time and the hero of wind and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I do like that. Um, when Ocarina first came out, I think that's when the, the first questioning kind of started of, okay, well, where does this take place in the series? Yeah. You know, because it's it's kind of before that. You know, everything was kind of straightforward a little bit. I mean, you know, you had the first Zelda game on the Nintendo, and then you had the second one, which you know it felt like okay, well, these are obviously sequels of each other. And then a Link to the Past came out, and you got the sense that that was kind of like their prequel game. You know, that that took place before the original Zelda mm -hmm. because it was called A Link to the Past and we basically learned about Link, you know, taking on the role or whatever. So before Ocarina came out, we kind of knew how things were going. But then Ocarina came out and all of a sudden you're, again, you're starting off brand new, you're a kid, you're meeting Zelda for the first time. So I think at that point people kind of started going, huh, how does this fit in with those other games? But by the time Wind Waker came out, I think that people were really... This is really where the timeline debate started happening. You know, where people were starting to go, you know, what, what happens here? How does this connect to this? How, you know, where do the dots connect to each other? And I think that's where it kind of first started being realized that it, it kind of broke off and that there were separate storylines and that there were different links. And now it's kind of one of those things where it, it's kind of widely accepted that almost like every generation... There's a Link, a Ganon, and a Zelda. And these three characters kind of have their own connection and their own adventure that all pieces together kind of a thing. And uh, I liked in Wind Waker how, you know, this might be kind of spoilers, but come on, that game's been out for a long time now. So I'm sorry <laughs> if this is a spoiler, but I thought it was really cool when you find, you find out that Hyrule from Ocarina of Time is actually underwater mm -hmm. and that all the oceans are actually you know you're actually floating above the Hyrule that was in Ocarina of Time and when you actually go into Zelda's castle and you see the statue of the hero of time which is supposed to be the statue of the Link from Ocarina of Time all that stuff was incredibly cool to me I thought that was an amazing connection that they made in that game and and you know ever since then I've been absolutely, you know, completely receptive to the fact that, you know, that's just the way it works. Every Zelda game is kind of its own thing, and it's just, you know, it's a different link from a different time, having a different adventure that all ties into the big master, you know, the whole Triforce and hero of time, you know, the, what is it, power, um, what are the three, power, um, the, 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 the courage, Knowledge. and wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. I, th I think that's really cool. Um, I think it was... I don't know if you guys have ever seen GameTrailers.com actually did this really cool retrospective of the Zelda series a couple years ago. Um, I think it was actually right before Twilight Princess came out. But in their retrospective, they did a breakdown of how they thought all the games fit into a timeline. Mm -hmm. And they basically arranged it where there's two separate timelines. Uh, one of the games basically breaks off and creates two different alternate reality kind of things, and then they kind of piece all the games together in these two separate timelines, and the way they pieced it together made a lot of sense, and I really liked that, so I would actually kind of recommend that for anybody that is curious about that sort of thing, because I think they really have a good idea of how all these games fit together. Oh. 
what I have to say is when I found out the fact of where this kind of fitted in in the time bases, when you find out that the Hyrule from Ocarina of Time is now under like 40 leagues under the sea sort of thing it kind of <laughs> actually kind of actually broke my heart because I absolutely loved Ocarina of Time back playing and I was yeah. like why I was like I rode my horse around that field I don't want it to be underwater <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it was I maybe took it a wee bit too much to heart but it was a case of like oh right okay it's all it's all just underwater now um, but it is I think it's a cool idea now that we see the fact of you kind of see now with all the different games, obviously it's completely and utterly broke up and has so many, there's different people and that sort of thing. But it's it'd be hard for them to continue doing the games as they are without it being based at different times and maybe different universes. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously in Ocarina of Time we have like the different side quests, you know, whether you want to go and get the gold, um, the gold skull, t- uh, I can't even skull say Skull I them. Um, and then in Wind Waker, you can use the map chart in the boat to get you um, different heart pieces, rupees, etc. in the water. Dan, for you, was this a fun side quest to do, and did you actually visit every square in your map? I did not visit every square. Um, <laughs> it was neat. I thought it was a cool little... Uh, side quest kind of thing and it was fun and there was a time where I was just like well I'm going to go around and get as many of these as I can but I think there was a point where I was just kind of like I, I just kind of want to actually finish the game now <laughs> floating around this ocean trying to find all these buried treasures and all that kind of thing um, but it, it was, it was kind of neat it was a neat little thing um, I, I do think that like the actual boat itself it, it, it kind of got to a point where it was a little more annoying than anything. I don't know. I felt that the boat travel got a little tedious after a while. And it got to a point where, you know, you're just trying to get to your location. Yeah. And you're like, I just want to be there. Do I really have <laughs> to go through this entire ocean to get there again? And, you know, it was a cool idea. I liked the changing the winds thing. I liked all that. I thought that was a great a great new concept for the game. It was um, more but, annoying whenever you nearly got there and a tornado uh, put you right oh back to God, start. Right? It's like, no! Yeah, I, got, I seriously missed a Pona. I'll tell you that. I was <laughs> really missing a Pona. <laughs> a Pona with water wings. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Al? Just give a Pona, like, jet skis or something and pull, pull her behind the boat <laughs> nice. or something like that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, maybe it's going a wee bit too far there. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, I find it just the boat was a. It's just in comparison to everything else, it was a. It was just annoying. Whereas the whole, it, the way Apuna was pretty fast in terms of the you know, the world you were involved in, like so Ocarina, mm-hmm. um, the boat was extremely slow. If we could have had sort of a kind of turbo boost or something here, you know, it could, it could have helped things. Nitrous yeah. oxide on yeah. the boat. But it seems like the way that your boat's kind of your navi as well in this, why is yes. it that everybody's kind of, they get annoying to you? Because if memory serves when we were playing this last night, it was just going, hey! Yeah. It's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is like, It's like the Lion King or something like that, right? <laughs> yes. What was yes. his name? Simba, yeah, that's your boat. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, Simba. <laughs> He was all singing and stuff the whole time you're on the water. You're just like, stop singing that song. Okay, it was cool the first time. We're done. 
<laughs> so um, we have three GameCube titles um, this Twilight Princess and Four Swords Adventures Dan what would be your favourite GameCube title and why I did not play Twilight Princess on the GameCube um, my copy of Twilight Princess was on the Wii so I never actually played the GameCube version and I know that they're basically the same game just like <laughs> backwards from each other <laughs> like mirrored but um I, I liked Four Swords Adventure quite a bit because it was basically uh, a Link to the Past style game for you and your friends. Um, but it was also different because it was like the first like linear Zelda game. I mean, you couldn't... There wasn't really an overworld. You actually had levels that you beat through, you know? And you had like a, a trail that you actually went through. So that was kind of a neat concept, and I enjoyed that, especially since I, I actually did get a group of three other friends together and we played through that whole game. I thought that was <laughs> really cool. And it had like the connectivity with the Game Boy Advance where you can use that as your controller. That was a neat thing. Um, but I would definitely call Wind Waker my favorite on the GameCube. I, I, that was, since I didn't play Twilight Princess on the Cube, uh, Wind Waker was like my only real like full-on Zelda adventure on the Cube, so that would be my favorite one. Alan? Um, I've played Twilight Princess on the GameCube and the Wii. I primarily, at first time, played it on the Wii, so I'm kind of going to discard that one to the side. I never got a chance to play Four Swords, so Wind Waker is the one that kind of it was unique for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Four Swords is its uniqueness in that you have multiplayer, but I would definitely have to go for Wind Waker for this one. Wind Waker is my favourite. Um, Four Swords Adventure is great in the fact that um, with the GameCube you can get the Game Boy Player. So what you can actually do is hook up your Game Boy Player to that and then just put the cable in. So whenever you go in a dungeon it appears in your TV. Yeah. So it means that you don't have... Because I have one of the very first Game Boy Advances, whenever I'm in a dungeon it's like kind of have to get the iPhone and get the torch to shine on it to actually oh, see yeah, yeah, where I'm going. Oh, no, yeah, the screen wasn't backlit on the original yeah, one. Yeah, and that's the that, one I had too when I played that game. So. Yeah, we were all conned. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, that for me um, is it's a great game, but Wind Waker is my favourite. Twilight Princess, I played on the GameCube. Um, a lot of people with something we'll touch on, you know, like whether he's left-handed and then and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the way he's <laughs> right-handed. So, um, as we've said about Four Swords Adventure, enabled you to hook up your Game Boy Advance, whether it had a backlit or whether it wasn't, you know, uh, to the GameCube. So when you went in the dungeon, would appear on the Game Boy. Now, would you like to see this visited with the Wii U and the 3DS in some fashion? Hmm. Yeah, I don't see why not. Um, if if they're going to continue the trend of like bringing back the original games in a newer, updated fashion, then this would be a good one to revisit. I mean, it it really is a great game, and I think a lot of people realize that after they got over the initial shock of the look, that this is still a great Zelda game, and it plays through wonderfully. And I definitely think it would make uh, a great game to kind of bring back and reintroduce, especially to, to the younger generation who may not have enjoyed it yet. I think it's a it's a great choice to bring back. Oh. I think the Wii U specifically opens up so many doors for the potential <laughs> of what to do with these games as Chris Lee coughs up alone. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> um... Obviously, you've got the debate of whether they would use the Wii U's, you know, its screen controller, or whether they would use the 3DS. Either or doesn't really matter, in my opinion. But I think 
the idea of having seen what we got with the Wii U, as they're calling them, experiences for Zelda, it would be good for the likes of a dungeon thing and that it appears on the screen, but having the 3DS as a backup, obviously, if you're already playing the game on the screen and stuff, they would have yeah. to that sort of logistics. But that would be a pretty good idea. Multiplayer Zelda would be good. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll move away from the Four Swords adventure now. Um, obviously, we're going to get that at some stage on yeah. the 3DS to download, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the direct sequel to Wind Waker is the Phantom Hourglass on the DS system. Um, Dan, for you, did you play this, and did this hold up as well as Wind Waker did? I did play it. Um, I finished it. I went all the way through. And no, it did not. Um, I'm... I. Okay, the game itself is a pretty decent game, but I actually have a lot of gripes with this one, and um, it's probably one of my least favorite of the series. First of all, the stylus-only controlling that they used for this game. Um, While it works good, and it works better than I expected, and yes, you do get used to it, I still hate that they did not include an option to switch it to the being able to use the D-pad and the buttons. Because I, I hate it when a game tries to force you to play it a certain way. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm an old school gamer, I guess. You know, I've been playing since the original NES. I want to use the D-pad and the buttons. The so touchscreen y- is cool, but I want to use the D-pad and the buttons. <laughs> so like whenever Turok came out on the N64, it tried to make you use the C buttons instead of the analog stick? Oh yeah, Ugh. yeah, that was just <laughs> that horrible. Was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, I had a real problem with it right from the get go because of that. Um, you know, I got used to it, and I, you know, I got through the game fine by using the the touchpad. But you know, there were certain times where it was just kind of overcomplicated, like when you needed to roll into something, so you had to like make circles on the screen to make them full, like stuff like that was really annoying. And I just, I don't like it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, I, I have that problem with the Wii sometimes, too. As much as I love the Wii, as much as I think the remote is so cool, I hate sometimes when Nintendo kind of, like, overdoes it by going, we've got this capability, so we're going to do all this crazy stuff and make you use it, you know? And it's just like, it's cool that you can do it, guys, but give us other options. Yeah. And, you know, the the circles on the screen to roll was just nonsense. I can't really say much more than that to be honest because yeah. uh, that's one thing that the game that we'll talk about next the spirit tracks enabled you to use that you know use the d-pad because um, obviously you can then plan your track um, to go where you want to go and then you just use the the um, d-pad to do that so um, with the spirit tracks another game for the ds system and a different um instrument you know you have the pipes in this mm-hmm. and you use the microphone in, uh, in order to play this mm-hmm. um another unique zelda feature that was this more of a game that you enjoyed more than the phantom Hourglass then dan no <laughs> um, <laughs> spirit tracks i have not even finished yet i can't I've been trying to pick it back up and play it. Um, I'm having a real hard time with that one. And I just... I don't know. It's like... For one thing, right from the get-go, I didn't know how I liked the idea of that train thing. But I figured I would give it a chance. And it's fine, but... Oh, God, the train just seems overly gimmicky to me. Like, it, it, you know, it's it's to the point where it feels like, you know, they every Zelda game kind of follows the same pattern. 
you know, there's always a sidekick character of some point to help, help guide you through. There's always some sort of method of travel, whether it be Epona or the boat or, you know, whatever. And they chose the train in this one. It just kind of feels like it's one of those things where they're like, well, we need to do something we haven't done yet. What haven't we done? Oh, a locomotive. Let's use that. And it's just like, what? No, that doesn't even fit in. It doesn't feel, it feels forced to me to have the train. Um, but, you know, I still gave the game a try. And the train thing, it's okay. What I really don't like about that game is that the, the windpipe that you actually have to blow into the microphone to play. I actually, um, when you find that out by accident, by going, oh, I don't do this, and, uh, uh, and then it's came oh, annoying. Right. Yeah, because when you get to a point where it's time to play your stupid pipe, your <laughs> your wind flute, you're just like, Ugh. okay, fine, <laughs> you know, and it's just like it's so annoying. And the other problem I have with it is, it seems like you really have to be in a place that's quiet enough yeah. for you to play because if there's any other noises going on in the background, the microphone picks it up and it thinks that you're blowing when you're not. So I have a real hard time playing the songs that I'm supposed to play when like other things are making the stupid microphone blow like, you know, and it's just oh, it's so aggravating. So nope, I don't really like Spirit <laughs> Tracks. I have to be honest. I have not, that's like it's one of the very few Zelda games I have not finished because it's so annoying. I, I, it's Spirit Tracks and Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. Those are the only three Zelda games I've never played all the way through. I, I, I don't actually mind it. I actually picked it up quite cheap and was starting playing. Going, this isn't bad, but I would prefer Zelda to be like in a or Link to be in a car. A car. <laughs> car. Just bring him in the modern day. Give, give him a cell phone and stuff. Of it. Zelda goes like, Link, I've been captured. Listen. And then... Just Navi like he, calls him on the cell phone. Yeah, it's just like, hey, don't worry, Send babe. Send text messages. Yeah. Navi, like, Navi, like, FaceTimes him and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that's us basically done. Dan, we know you've got to go rescue the princess and stuff. Before you go, though, obviously, you're... One of the reasons why we're um, doing this show is thanks to Pop Culture Network. So I know you've got a lot of stuff that's actually probably take up more time than the Zelda discussion combined. <laughs> so the floor is yours. Feel free to promote what you do. And just thanks for coming on and talking to us about The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Um, Zelda, seriously, it's like one of my favorite... It is my favorite game series of all time. And it sucks I have to leave on, on the note of um, griping about Spirit Track. Because I'm <laughs> sure there's plenty of people out there that like that game. And that's great. Um, but there's so much greatness out there with Zelda. And I know you guys are going to talk about Twilight Princess, but I really did love Twilight Princess. I felt like... Uh, for some reason, I see a lot of people complain about that game, but I thought it was kind of a revisit back to Ocarina, and I really liked that. So, Twilight Princess was awesome. I'm looking forward to the new games coming out. I love Zelda. It's love it, love it, love it. So, thank you for having me on the show. I love talking, just nerding out about this kind of stuff. It's <laughs> serious amounts of fun. So, uh, if you guys are listening, I'm sure you already know, but you can always check out PopCultureNetwork.com uh, on a daily basis for lots of great original content. We have lots of uh, great videos and podcasts such as this one on the site every day. Um, we're always doing our best to kind of uh, also post any news, comic book related, you know, action figure toy related, anything like that we get. We're posting there for you guys to, to check out and keep you guys informed as well as entertained. Um, we also have the new web store active, which you can get to 
by visiting www.shoppcn.com, which is our brand new web store. Yeah. So if you guys are looking for some new toys or comic books or video games, we got all of that stuff available. So definitely check that out. And of course, uh, Pickle Dan does um, certain things, you know, like a par in honor and dinner and just, just basically look on the right hand side of the Pop Culture Network um, main page and probably 90 odd percent of that has Pixel Dan in some ways. <laughs> I do way too much. I don't even know how I function sometimes. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, well, we'll let you get on. Thanks for coming on. Have a great time in San Diego. And obviously, uh, by the time this goes out, San Diego will just have happened. So I- I'm excited to see what all the Master of the Universe stuff is. And no doubt, Dan and everyone else will be singing for Songster, which makes me sad. Songster. <laughs> don't, yeah. no, don't be sad. Be excited. Be happy. No. Songster no. will want it that way. No, I'll be excited because after the break we get to talk about Twilight Princess, so join us after the break. Hello, this is James Etock and you're listening to Operation Retroshock. If you like 80s cartoons, and let's face it, how could you not, then be sure to pick up a copy of Serial Geek Magazine, the glossy 100-page ad-free magazine dedicated to GoBots. And somewhat more importantly, He-Man, She-Ra, Thundercats, Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc., Head on over to www.serialgeek.com. That's cereal as in breakfast cereal. Go there now and pick up the animation magazine dedicated to 80s cartoons. Go now. Twilight Princess, only for we. Rated team. Hey, this is Chris Jericho and Bob. You're listening to Operation Retroshock with Chris and Alan, the sexiest beast in the UK. Nice to of course.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back from the break. Oh, Pixelan had to go rescue Princess. I want to go rescue Princess. No, you'd be like you'd be like one of the Gorgons. You'd be like Roland. <laughs> you'd be like Plant Bomb and blow you up. That is not very pleasant. That is extremely cruel. That is cruelty to animal or what? I know you like keep rolling, 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 keep going like that. There, you know. Make music video with go. <laughs> oh no, that's no. That just wouldn't work. Just make music video with them. That's fine. So, it is time to speak about Twilight Princess and the Skyward Sword. As Chris gives me the thumbs up while he's yawning. <laughs> Sorry. So, did we play this adventure on the GameCube and we We slightly covered this in the last segment, but we shall mention it again. I did play it in the Wii, but I prefer it in the GameCube. Simply because, obviously, it was originally designed for GameCube, but yeah. got delayed for it to be on the Wii. Yeah, but it's a fact as well as that you have the actual controller to play with, mm -hmm. so it's I find it a lot easier to do that. You know, I wish that, as Dan was saying earlier there, about that, you know, they were like, Hey, we, we do this, we're going to, like, utilize all these motion controls and stuff. Why, what's to stop you putting in a controller and playing it that way? Yeah. Uh, so that's why I play out the GameCube. My first experience was on the Wii, and my first complete playthrough was on the Wii. I only later then went and played it on GameCube and really, really enjoyed it on the GameCube. It's, again, the point, it points to the fact that it was designed for the GameCube, so it was a lot, it felt a lot more natural on the GameCube. Yeah, it's a lot harder to get on the GameCube as well. It's extremely rare because it was a, you know, very limited release because obviously they wanted to push the one on the Wii because it was like, mm. push the one on the Wii, it'll get as good sales on the Wii, so there we go with that. Um, Link moves, and this is controversial, Link moves from being left-handed to right-handed in this game. Is this something that bothers us, or could we not care less, Natalie Spence? Mm -hmm. I couldn't care less. It, it wasn't that big of a deal to me, but I know it's... I know for some people, much like we mentioned with the whole GameCube thing and it going to Wind Waker-style cel-shade graphics, mm -hmm. it's part of the lore, it's what people expect is... They've built up this idea that Link is left-handed, so it, they take it personally. It isn't a big deal. If it helps with the control system or something or whatever like that, then fair enough. It isn't, you know, we shouldn't really take it too serious what, you know, handedness our main character is. No. Back to lefty. Mm-hmm. Top left. Right, okay. I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Link transforms in this game to a wolf very much like Sonic does in Sonic Unleashed. Is it done better in Twilight Princess? Yeah, but I really wish that... It was something I didn't particularly like was when he turned into a wolf. Mm -hmm. I was just like... Because uh. you never have that in any other Zelda game, so... what? Well, you have it in Majora's Mask, sorry, because you transform into lots of different things, and I just really didn't like that game at all. Um, so, I enjoyed the parts wherever you're playing as Link, but when whenever you're like the wolf, I was just like, no, I didn't particularly enjoy that. You didn't like being your own mode of transportation? No. <laughs> I don't like, like uh, hunting sheep either. <laughs> I didn't mind it that much. Um, it was a different dynamic to the game, and... It just, it 
was different than anything else you've really experienced in modern Zelda games. You mentioned Majora's Mask. That's one that is... It was kind of... I was the same aspect as you. I didn't really... I didn't really like it all that much. Kind of the reason why it wasn't really put into this overall discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have any issues with him transforming into a wolf in this game. Um, whether it could have been thought through better and something else be done with it, <sighs> who really knows? I don't really care, though, overall, because it's not that big <laughs> of a debate. Um, the Wii mode omits, omits, omits a sound uh, when discovering a secret. Was this a nice touch for the Wii version? Because obviously it's harks back to the rumble feature on the 64 in Ocarina. We have funny stories to say about this. I do, but I'm going to let you discuss point first. Um, yeah, well, you've got a microphone there, um, but uh, do you really need that to tell you when, like, whenever you discover a treasure or something? Do you really, do you really need it? It's just like a little extra thing that they've put in. And for me, it didn't really... I think the first time I noticed it, I was like, oh, right. And then after that, I was just like, oh, it's getting annoying. Because I'm hearing it on the TV, and I'm hearing it here. And it's like, stop. <laughs> well, my story about it is the fact that... That is so funny. I haven't even started story. I know, I'm just saying it's funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> Twilight Princess came out around an exam period for me back, <gasps> back in my school days and I was meant to be upstairs revising for the exams and as a typical child you're like nah I'm not worried exams I'll be fine I'll be fine so I was playing Twilight Princess on my Wii and with my remote and it was I'd only had my Wii a short period of time and I hadn't realised how to turn the speaker off on the actual controller so the controller every time you swiped your sword for Link it made a noise on your controller Mm -hmm. and I was upstairs and my dad would be downstairs and uh, basically I didn't realise how loud the remote was and I'd be sitting there playing away and he would kind of shout up the stairs pretending to be the sword sort of thing making the noise of the sword basically letting me know that he knew that I knew that he knew that I wasn't revising for my (gasps) exams bad Alan I know, but Zelda is so... It's <laughs> Where's just... your dad standing at the bottom of the stairs going, What? No, he didn't know. Or did he go... And start hitting in the walls? Or... No, he didn't He didn't know problem. Zelda, but that was how addictive I'd found Twilight Princess on the Wii. So yes, just a little funny story about... Did you pass your exams even... all right? Yes, I passed them fine, so it was all good. I got to university and passed university, so it's okay. It all worked out. Uh, anyway, uh, opponent makes a triumphant return... In this game, wasn't nice to see Link's trusty stallion back. Uh, well, yeah, because that's whenever you first, whenever you first come out of your house, that's the horses down the bottom. Mm-hmm. So, it is nice to see again, as we said earlier on, it's nice to have a nice nod back to other games like that. So, yeah, it's good. You know, like uh, think if it would have been maybe. Um, if it'd been a different mode of transportation, you know, like a horse and cart or something like that, you can take people with you or whatever would have been a nice idea. But yeah. nice that um had that in it. I liked it because obviously I mentioned earlier the fact that I loved riding you around. Love horses. My little pony, my little pony. Skinny no. and bony. <laughs> and bony. Um I'd mentioned that I like you know, just riding around the Hyrule Field in Ocarina. Yeah. So 
to have a pony back and in far better graphics. I was just a happy man. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was nice to see it back, but it was nearly a point of why was a pony here when you turned into a wolf and were able to run just as fast? I know the wolf was part of the whole shadows thing, but it was like one or other, really. Yeah. Uh, I, he just flicked something at me. That's, that's delightful. Uh, your companion in this is an imp called Midna. Do we prefer Midna or Navi? Listen! Um, I don't remember this thing. Midna? Yeah, I don't remember it. Why not? I, I don't remember what it's like. She wasn't... She was nowhere near as annoying as I would have... Well, Navi has to be the most annoying oh, yeah, yeah. out of all of them. Um, shadow of it out. She definitely was not anywhere near as annoying as what you would have seen the likes of Navi. the empty thing that's on your back? Yes. Wolf? Oh, right, okay. That's, that, that's Midna. Alright. Well, I would prefer Navi then, because it doesn't look scary. She looks scary? Are you, not big, <gasps> are you not big enough and ugly enough to... Uh... <gasps> Wrong disc! Oh, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> it's like four years old, so... No refunds for you, Chris. Um, Midna is less annoying than Navi, but Navi is the far more memorable simply because she was annoying. Yeah. Which I think makes her the more iconic... Or iconic? Iconic one. <laughs> iconic, mate. Iconic, mate, like... Sweet. Wait, um, one off the two. So I, it's weird. I prefer Navi, but Midna was the less annoying character. Midna had more of an influence on your story, in comparison to where Navi would be like, yeah, well, specifically more now in the three days. Do you not think you should take a break? Do you not think you should go away? Don't you think we should go to the water temple? No, my love. I'm away to race my horse around here. Thank you very much. But like no, it doesn't say that have to. It's like, to, should you not go to the castle? No, I want to run around on the back of my horse, firing arrows and trying to capture big poes. So, she has my ideas. <laughs> um, the AI is the most advanced in any Zelda series. Did this make for a more challenging game? I honestly can't remember where I got up to in the game, but I remember where I got to was pretty tough. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not a case of by any stretch of the imagination that all Zelda games are dead easy because they're not. Yeah. But I think this has to rank up there as one of the, one of the most difficult mm -hmm. Zelda games. It was nice to see. I know, fine rightly, if a kid was playing it, they'd have a pretty hard time, like because I know there was. Times I was getting quite frustrated with it. Yeah, I would get really frustrated on the way. So mm -hmm. would you know? Because like the response sometimes could be a bit behind yeah. you, sort of thing with the way, which is kind of what you know slides the advantage to the GameCube version. Um, but yeah, it was nice to have differentiating AI because obviously in Ocarina, it's a lot of people's favorite. Hey, Ocarina! It's a lot of people's favorite Zelda, but you might have two enemies running at you. And mm. if you Z target one of them, the other one just completely just stands back and ignores you. Yeah. And waits for you to kill the other fella. So, and whereas in this one it was just free for all, and you basically had to fight everybody at the same time, which is nice and different. Um, moving on now to Skyward Sword. This should, and we say should, be out for Christmas. Um, what are our expectations from Link's newest adventure? Well, obviously this has been one that you that's been batted around for a while. Mm -hmm. 
so meant to be the wee songs, swan song, so to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only fitting that that's the, this swan song for the Wii. Whenever Twilight Princess was a swan song for the GameCube, um, but you want it to be as memorable as Ocarina. You know, you want it to be um, as vast mm-hmm. as other Zelda games, and not just go like some games go now and go like, oh, look at the pretty graphics, but the mm-hmm. gameplay is just absolutely yeah. rubbish. So you want it to be that you you know like you want. If you have kids, you want your kids to remember this Zelda the first time playing it, like you did whenever you played Ocarina yeah. or Link to the Past, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that it's memorable for all the right reasons yeah. and not the wrong reasons. But just in what I've seen so far with footage of gameplay and all, it does look quite impressive. It looks more... Twilight Princess was its own thing and it was a step closer to being what you would have expected with a better graphics ocarina but obviously you had this you know dynamics of the wolf and stuff like that mm-hmm. this looks even closer to ocarina because the style and the scenes that i've seen look very very good in that aspect um it'll be interesting to see just how it uses the wii's functions because supposedly it's meant to be a heck of a lot better than twilight princess because obviously it was meant to be for gamecube yeah and it's meant to use wii motion plus very very well um Fingers crossed, we will get a play of it later in the year before everybody oh, else. But yeah. shh, that's secret. We'll talk about that whenever we're talking about games. Yeah, on our twenty retro games in the yeah. next episode. Yep. Um, be jealous. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, would we like to see the return of anything for the Zelda series, be it Skyward Sword or whatever? You would like to see a return of some characters, whether you know, you see the return of say Epona or whether you see the return of the, the you know if it's set in a different timeline whether you see an ancestor or something with, like the Great Deku Tree yeah yeah you know something along those kind of lines because obviously in Ocarina you had the sh- Deku Shrub happen yeah. so what happens if it's now a tree again sort of yeah. thing so you, you have something like that um, I don't know whether you have like a through back as we said earlier on, like through back to some like old puzzles and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That would but, be pretty sweet. Yeah, but uh, obviously this is the mark, kind of mark the twenty fifth anniversary mm-hmm. of Zelda. So I think they'll probably pull out all the stops to make sure it's as good as they can possibly make it. Fingers crossed. Um, finally, Nintendo showed some absolutely stellar stuff at E three, specifically the Zelda HD demo for the Wii U. Did you find it mouth-watering, Chris, of the possibilities? Again, like we said earlier on, uh, at E3 they showed, you know, I guess it was like an earlier E3, they showed like something like, here's what the GameCube can do, look, here's Zelda, and then they went, oh, here's Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. So what happens again? Reads will be freaking be trending on Twitter. Zelda's mess up! Yeah, I, I think it would be worse, there'd be a worse reaction now if they did that sort of a thing. Because obviously they've shown this; these graphics are amazing. Obviously, GameCube graphics were good for their time, but yeah. now so it's like that would be like the graphics you'd expect if you watched a CGI movie of Zelda. Mm-hmm. So if you turn around and say, "Look at these graphics," but you weren't able, to, you like, weren't what? able to play it. It was just a case if you yeah. moved the camera around. Mm-hmm. But they're showing you that's the graphics that you could potentially have for the game, but. <sighs> I hope 
that it comes through and that we aren't let down by the fact of if we've done a whole turnaround again. I don't think they will. I think the cell shaded style Zeldas aren't going to go anywhere, but I think they could tend to stay more towards I, the handheld now. I was, was going to say, it's just a, because they find, seem to find their niche there in the handheld department, um, I think that's probably what they'll do, is we'll just you know, keep that kind of platform for the DS and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I see, I personally see in the future more than likely we'll end up getting Majora's Mask on 3DS as well because of their success. Think they you think? If we're getting Four Swords Adventure, I think they'll maybe do a GameCube one. Yeah. I think maybe you will get like the likes of Wind Waker or maybe Twilight Princess, but I don't think I think Majora's Mask's too much of a hassle. Not a hassle, but I think it's too much of a. Um, do you think it wouldn't fit in with the 3DS? or? I think it's a very niche Zelda yeah. game. You know, um, as Dan said earlier on, um, this to me is the black sheep of the Zelda family. Mm-hmm. Not Zelda 2, but it would be this. Maybe an, an idea for them would be, why not make the very first Zelda, but re- totally redo that. That'd be pretty cool. You know, like they did with Resident Evil. Mm. Why not do that? The possibilities. So we're going to do a wee bit of quick fire here. So... <laughs> Rank these from your favourite to least favourite. This We aren't going to go really in-depth to this, but we'll just ma- go with our favourite and least favourite. So we have Link to the Past, Wind Waker, Four Swords Adventure, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and Twilight Princess. Rank these from your favourite to least favourite. But Chris has just done them all anyway <laughs> while I'm talking, so I'll let Chris open up with his discussion point. Okay, number one, Wind Waker. Number two, Ocarina of Time. Number three, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. No, that's number four, Link to the Past. Number three is Four Swords Adventures. Mm-hmm. Five, Twilight Princess. And six, Majora's Mask. So that's Wind Waker, Ocarina, Four Swords Adventure, Link to the Past, Twilight Princess, Majora's Mask. Right, and I've got mine. So, number one I have as Ocarina of Time. Number two... I have Wind Waker. Number three, I have Twilight Princess. Number four, I have Link to the Past. Number five, I have Four Swords Adventure. And number six, I have Majora's Mask. Where was Wind Waker? Number two. Oh, good stuff. Chris is pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, right. Doing the same when it comes to handhelds. Um, I'm not going to do a one to six list because there's a few, quite a few of these I haven't really played, but. Anyway, Chris, um, do the same with Link's Awakening, Minish Cap, Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, and Ocarina of Time 3DS. Ocarina of Time, Spirit Tracks, Minish Cap, Link's Awakening, Phantom Hourglass. Radio. Well, Ocarina of Time would be my top one, and um, Link's Awakening is another good one, in my opinion. Um, an unsung hero of the Zelda games... I would say the Wind Waker would be the unsung hero. Mm-hmm. You know, like, fair enough, a lot of people as have said, you know, like, oh my god, it's, like, drawn. But it's it's still got the Zelda charm, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the game, the gameplay is pretty much identical to previous, yeah, so... exactly, but it's just, it's just something different. Mm-hmm. That's what you need sometimes. You need something to try and maybe reinvigorate the series. I'm not saying that the Zelda series was lacking in any respect, but it's just some sometimes nice to go... Here's a little curveball here. You know, let's do yeah. this here. Um, would it make any difference? You know, like, um, say, um, 
all say Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. right? Say they've done Grand Theft Auto Lost in the Dam, mm-hmm. but it's all to do with bikes. So do we not like that because it's bikes instead of cars? No. So you know, no, get your point, each their own. But I, I just, I just think Wind Waker would be one of the unsung heroes, and then the Minish Cap on the Game Boy mm-hmm. Advance was. It was a pretty good game. I remember, you know, having. Um, that and extra vision, and then if I was bored or on my lunch, I would sit and play mm-hmm. that for a wee while. I'd have to agree with you with Wind Waker. It's not one I've re- I'd really seen going until not so long ago. Mm-hmm. But it's again, it's just it has the it has the charm, and that's the main thing. Because like we were having a laugh here last night at just the simple things. Like Link would be uh, or morph if you've as you called them. Um, he's just like hiding up beside a wall and his eyes are just shifting yeah. from left to right and it's just it has the character's charm in it but that's the thing is because it's animation you know like because it's cell shaded and it's bright and it's vibrant it doesn't age you know like if you look at GoldenEye now that's age and that's oh, age badly bad you know whereas Ocarina of Time has aged but it's aged beautifully because they went oh let's put it on the 3DS mm-hmm. that reminds me I should actually get Link's Awakening on the 3DS store uh-huh. Um, before we quickly move on, um, there was something I spotted the other day, which I'll have to find and show you. Someone redesigned the opening level of Wind Waker and what the graphics possible now would be like. Mm-hmm. And it actually looks phenomenally awesome. So it's still cel-shaded, still awesome, but the graphics are just notched up such a bit. Yeah, just it almost bad. looks like someone, somebody's went, oh, HD. Yeah, it yeah. really was amazing. Um, will we be attending any of the Zelda concerts? I know we sure as hell hope to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a question of where they're going to be. And when they're going to be. Yeah, because if they happen at Christmas time, dear goodness, we're not going to be able to do that. You'd be like, oh no, but in January we'll be oh, that's okay. It'd be okay. Um, I'm guessing that... I would have liked to have thought if they were doing them this year, they'd have kicked them off and started planning it already. Mm. Because, yes, this is the 25th year of Zelda, so you'd have thought that I had them started by now. But if they're going to do a worldwide tour, it's going to be a long time. So I think 2012 is, you know, open to possibility of when it's going to happen. Fingers crossed it happens, and fingers crossed our nearest one isn't too far afield. Um... If we were to describe the Zelda series in one memory, what would it be? Well, you've kind of probably already ghost guessed. My mouth isn't working tonight. Gossiped. Guessed mine is going around the field with a Pona. What about you? Mine would probably be... Um, mine would probably be just running, running around, you know, um, with a sword, hacking the bushes to get rupees and stuff. Um, probably very much the same kind of vein. It, or... <laughs> It would either be the likes of, say, dungeons or puzzles, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it would be a case of trying to solve a puzzle and you can't solve it and then you leave it for a while and you come back to it and you think, oh, it's so simple, mm. you know, but um, it's just a case of it's it's been something that's been around for a while, so you you have memories from each game, whether it's a case of having the full hearts, like in the first one, the swords going, or the four swords adventure, hooking it up to the Game Boy, mm-hmm. you know, so... Every time, it seems to be every time they've they've brought one out, it's yeah. innovative and they've done something that's never been done before, you know, so, um, Zelda, in memory then would be a first, 
you know, a, um, a first RPG to actually play and stuff. Nice. Long-winded answer. 25 years on, like Mario, Link's adventures keep getting better. Will he make a half century? Um, I think Mario will. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Link will. You think? I think Link. Yeah. Not. I think if there's any other character besides Mario that would make 50 years, Link would be the one. But it really is just down to what way this game and industry goes. Because yeah. the next, you know, we've seen what how far gaming has come in the last 25 years. Goodness knows what's going to happen in the next 25 years. You know, mm-hmm. the graphics advancement in the last 25 years. It's probably going to get ridiculous in the next 25. So, yeah. whether that suits Nintendo's style going forward, because obviously Nintendo has always been very much the sort of cartoony instead of the realistic. Mm. styling in their games whereas yeah, but companies can change their way so it's changing with do. the times and it's just will Link fit in hopefully he will mm. if Shigeru Miyamoto doesn't retire anytime in the next 15-20 years we'll be absolutely fine on that aspect but we shall see uh, but let's hope for the best indeed and that is Zelda but we are going to reiterate a few other things for you now Yes, yeah, so remember uh, Pixel Dan's question. It was kind of um, in Zelda. There's uh, homages to other franchises and stuff. And uh, his question was um, something to do with a certain Mario thing, Mushroom Kingdom. Yes, where, where do you see it? And where do you see it? So remember to email us at vento three one six at gmail dot com or Alan Price at popculturenetwork.com That's A L A N P R I C E. Yes, so try this um, episode is going to go out. Let me see. It's going to go out the tw- 24th of July. So we will give you until the end of August um, to get your entries in. We may cut it off a bit earlier, or should we just give them a month? Well, it'll depend. it depends how generous we are. We'll, we'll go with a month for now. Okay, we'll go for a month for now then. So, what, do you want to say the end of August, or do you want to say the 24th of August? We'll go 24th of August. 24th of August. 24th of August, people. It's whenever you have to have your entries in for us to then um, go. And make sure you write in the subject heading, Operation Retroshock Zelda Competition or Zelda Competition. Do not say just hello, because we will think you're a spam, and you will be deleted. Mm-hmm. Or do... Or send uh, Operation Retroshock a message on the Facebook page or something like that if that works out easier for you. Yeah, or Twitter at Retroshock316. You can even just um, drop us a direct message there. Be careful because some celebrities still don't get that right and all their dirty laundry comes out in public. We don't want that. Yeah, and we don't want you giving the answer away to other people. Exactly. So... the next episode, Alan, was going to be something, but we've decided to forego that because we're going to do our top 20 retro games. Yes, the top 20 retro games were originally meant to be a part of this episode because we thought, yes, we have plenty of listeners, um, but as they say in radio and podcasting, you may have 5,000 listeners, but only 1% or 2% of those will ever write in or ever contact said show. Mm -hmm. Or leave iTunes reviews. Yep, so we thought, we'll get maybe half a dozen or so. Mm -hmm. Won't be that many, but it'll at least be something so we can tag along the end of this episode. Boy, were we wrong. (laughs) How many did we end up with? 
Uh, we ended up with. Well, we'll just give a couple of shoutouts here. We've got Pixel Dance, obviously. Um, some Ella Thock uh, from the Great Rebellion. Uh, Jamie McCroy. Hi, Jamie. Uh, Ryan Porter, who'll be coming on the show at some stage. Uh, TJ Green, who used to be the Retro Renegade. Um, Mike Lacey. Um, Chris Sunday. Justin, aka Carnt Marzo. Uh, Natalie Spence. Who is she? I don't know her. Sam Orr. <laughs> Who is he? Alan Price and Chris Vint. Who are they? I don't know them. Uh, there are a couple of fools. Alright, so there's plenty of stuff to be going through with in the next episode. So, I hope you will join us then. Yeah, because we'll go through the top 20 of read everyone's out. Uh, just may, maybe pick pick out one or two games that may not show up on everyone's list. You know, like Alan, he's got on his fib ribbon. So, you know, that'll, what? <laughs> that'll not be uh, hacked in. <laughs> you better not have changed my list, I'll kill you. Let the record show just at the minute that Alan forgot to put a certain game no, in. No, la 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 la. No, it wasn't Teletubbies, it was Pokemon! And he's like, oh, I nearly forgot to put that in. So we nearly enough had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reference again. It's lies. And we're like, oh, sh- oh yeah. It's lies. Um, so yes, um, we hope you will join us for some retro gaming discussions and stuff like that in Top 20s. Oh, and Superfan Ben, he sent one in and so did Mike, uh, something or other, he's on Twitter, um, who I find through... Steely76, who I think uh, used to be Arnold Rimmer, who was one of our competition winners. Indeed he was. Yeah, so you could be a competition winner, and you come in Zelda Ocarina of Time 3DS. And you also get a free fancy little box thing for Special case. Shh. Pre-order bonus. See you next week. Really? Yes. They will listen to us next week, so they'll see us. I send picture, I go, hello. (laughs) Wearing your Zelda hat? Perhaps. Perhaps. Mm. Okay, well, thanks for listening, folks, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Head over to popculturenetwork.com. Of course, you heard Dan give out the address to Pop Culture Network store. So go there and buy stuff, and until then, farewell. Say bye, Alan. Bye, Alan. Listen! Hey, listen!